as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. Hockey is back. Welcome to maybe the happiest top pair podcast we've recorded to date. I am your host, Eric Weinstein. With me, back in Rochester, looking a little bit sunburnt, is Nick Maxwell. Nick, how are we doing, pal? Yeah, sunburnt is right. I uh, did a little bit too much work on the yard yesterday. I'm definitely regretting that, not putting suntan lotion on. Yes. Best episode we've had of the podcast so far. Hockey is coming back soon. (laughs) Just, it's, it's getting there. We've waited almost three months now. And just to hear anything that was going to be happening, just to hear anything about a possible restart. And we got it today. Uh, it's Today is Tuesday uh, when we're recording Tuesday night. Gary Bettman went on good old NBCSN at 4.30 this afternoon saying there's going to be a 24-team tournament to crown a Stanley Cup champion. The bottom seven teams are going to be put into the draft lottery, and then there's going to be another, what is it, eight teams that are going to, if my math is wrong, but there's going to be best of five series. The top four teams in each conference will be in a round robin to see who the top seeds are, and the rest of the teams are going to be in a best of five playing series to then play against those top teams. So Nick, if you don't mind, I wanted to go over what those series would be for the play-in, if you don't mind. Sure, but uh, we'll start with the East. So, obviously, the top four teams are Boston, Washington, Philadelphia, and Tampa Bay. Yep. Those those four teams are going to play in a round robin style tournament, so they'll automatically get three games to determine the actual final seeding. And then, if there's any sort of tiebreakers where if every team goes two one and one or whatever, then the tiebreaker will be based on point percentage from the regular season. So, after the top four teams, the matchups are going to be. Pittsburgh and Montreal, Carolina and the Rangers, New York, the Islanders, sorry, versus Florida Panthers, yep. Toronto versus Columbus. And then in the West, one seeds are going to be St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. And then those two, like, same thing with the East, those, two, those four teams are going to play in a round robin. And 5 through 12 seeds are going to be Edmonton versus Chicago. Nashville versus Arizona, Vancouver, Minnesota, Calgary versus Winnipeg. So, a couple of those series are, there's a few snoozers in there. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, are there some fun potential matchups. Just with, you know, with these best of five tournaments. I've been saying this all day. This, these best of five series and then the round robin tournaments, this might be the best thing that's happened to the NHL in quite some time. There's going to be, and especially if, you know, baseball, they're at like a standstill. Nobody wants to do anything. Everybody's, nobody can agree on money. You know, the NBA hasn't come out with their plan yet. You know, the NFL is going to play, but that's not until September. This is going to be the only game in town. Viewing is going to be through the roof for these games. Viewership and, you know, it's, this is probably the best idea that I would have thought of. I mean, this looks incredibly fun. Yeah, there's no perfect solution to this at all, which, I mean, I think the league honestly did the best thing for it. I don't think there's any point in putting another two to three regular season games Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason to try and make it even. So, you know, this the NHL playoffs are already sort of like helter-skelter in terms of upsets. You know, you talk about like St. Louis or Columbus beating Tampa Bay when they won all those only awards and that broke every freaking record in modern history. But... Now you're talking about five or 12 matchups. You're really going to figure out, you know, these guys are going to be fully healthy. Uh, probably going to be in shape, I would, I would hope. One would hope this is, in shape, yeah. <laughs> this this is going to be crazy. This is an absolute crapshoot. If you're a gambler on this, I mean, this is going to be some real hot action if you're looking at these first-round matchups. Yeah, I can already tell that my wallet is going to be hurting by the end of these playoffs. So, <laughs> And there's also talk they haven't figured out you know, where they want to have, it's going to be in a, a couple hub cities. You would have to assume they've already brought that up. And, um, Nick, I know you have the list there. So what were some of like the possible cities that were brought up as hubs for this? Yeah. So they came out, Batman came out today and had eight sort of like finalists uh, for these hub cities. I, th- I don't know. Now we don't know if any of these hub cities are necessarily making any sort of pitch, right. but I'm sure there's some sort of like backdoor, like 
this is what we can offer type thing. So the, the eight cities that came out with today are Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Vegas, Los Angeles, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. Yep, so there's a lot of choice there. It's, you know, and you said this off air, so I'm going to steal it from you, but I'm also going to give you credit. There's got to be enough rinks. Like, you got to have enough places for these guys to play. So, you know, one would think a Canadian market, it would make sense. Now, I saw earlier, I forget the source, I forget who tweeted it, so I'm sorry, but there was a source that they would lift the ban for Canadian athletes to have them cross borders if they need to play. Now, I don't know what that means for the players in Europe right now or wherever they are, but at least, you know, you can get guys in and out from the U.S. to Canada wherever the, you know, the hub city is, whether it's in some place like Edmonton or Vancouver, if it's in Dallas and the team has to come from, if Toronto has to go down there, Vancouver has to go down there, at least you can get these guys back and forth. Yeah, and if I had to... But right now, I my bet, I tweeted out from the top of pod Twitter account earlier. I, I sure would did. assume that Vancouver is one of the cities that are going to be picked, just because I think you know recently they host the Winter Olympics, obviously in 2010. I think they do. Obviously, if you're playing in Canada, there's going to be enough rinks everywhere if you're around a major city. So I think the pitch for the NHL is just going to be like, listen, we just hosted a major event not too long ago. We can easily cram however many teams, the 12 teams that you need us to into the city. We can deal with it easily. So, it, it, but again, now there's a lot of factors going into this. You know, if there's going to be spikes of this COVID cases again, in all these cities, how quickly are they going to be able to pull the plug off them? Or if they decide and then there's a major spike, how well is the NHL going to be able at flipping all these logistics around? So, we got a lot of information today, but we still have about 100 questions around, like, the next steps for the league. League did say today that the earliest they would start allowing players back at training camp would be probably in the back half of July. My guess is probably the 15th is the date they're going for, but who knows? That's just a guess in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, with everything, it's still so, and think about all the time that we've, you know, everybody's been in quarantine. There's still so much we don't know. So it it's the most fluid of fluid situations right now, I would say this is, but at least we got, we're getting somewhere. To getting back to some playoff hockey, which we should have been, honestly, probably in the conference finals now, if not the Stanley Cup final. It, it would have been close. So um, I saw a funny tweet from Pete Blackburn. It was, He went, um, what did he say? Oh, it was like when the Bruins beat the Hurricanes in a sweep. He goes, great, now i got to wait six days for playoff hockey. And he retweeted his own tweet. He goes, you idiot. Like It's, <laughs> it's just like it's in – this is always my favorite part of the year, and we're getting close to it. It's We're not there yet, but this is a giant leap forward from where we were about 36 hours ago. So, you know, things are looking good. Um, you know, the matchups are fun. We have some stuff that's, you know, there's at least something not set in stone, but there's a plan. I think that's all we were looking for right now is just a plan is what I want. Yeah, we're, at this point, I, this is – big enough bone that the NHL could throw its fans in terms of just letting us know that this is actually going to happen. There's just been too many rumors about, you know, caught people worrying about a spread, you know, people worrying about the cap in the season next year, which we still don't know what's going to be the impact of that. I heard reports saying that next year's season won't start until January 1st, which would be, that would be wild. I mean, <laughs> like, although it would be kind of cool having a winter classic maybe kick off the season, but I don't know. Um, you know, it's just, like you said, just the light, the, it's the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm so happy we're here. But we will have a full breakdown probably in the coming weeks of these playoff matchups. There's a lot of them, obviously. So Eric and I will, you know, split this up and break down all everything for you. Um, but, yeah, it's an exciting time. Yeah, it's it's a lot of me saying, like when I'm explaining, trying to explain, it's a lot of me saying, but, yeah, because it's really, it's still really not a lot. It's, it's something, though, which is what, we've been looking for you know we're gonna obviously keep all you guys posted and this is a perfect time for me to plug our accounts so you can we'll keep you posted nick was to i nick and i were tweeting both from the at top pair underscore pod uh twitter today um you can also follow us on instagram at top pair underscore pod i'll be posting there more as well once more things come out more information comes out i've been retweeting like a fiend from my own account 
at Eric Weinstein, two C's, two N's. Um, I'll be retweeting the top pair pod a lot as well. So from our main account, so you can follow it from there or just follow it like normal. Uh, Nick, why don't you go ahead and give the people what they want? And that's your information. <laughs> of course, you can always reach out to me on the top pair pod, pod Twitter account, or you can reach out to me on my personal Twitter account at NJ or at Maxwell zero. See, he got his own accounts confused. I always get his accounts confused, so I'm glad he did too. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, li- listen, this is exciting. I was quote-unquote working, and I was just refreshing Twitter left and right, trying to figure out what was going on. And its I haven't been that excited to go on Twitter in quite some time. So I'm glad to hear that Mr. Bettman, you know, he did, I'm calling him Mr. Bettman because I respect him today. Uh, but <laughs> Mr. Bettman, you know, went on, on TV and he... Kind of just gave us an idea of what's going on, and um, he gets a lot of flack, but at least you know he's you know he's got the the wheels are turning, the gears are churning, and we're moving closer and closer to playoff hockey. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know the other, the other thing too is you know we did talk about we did talk about a little bit about today about the draft lottery happening too. Draft lottery is going to be on. June 26, I believe, is the day that yeah, I saw. Yeah, I, I think I saw that too. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, we'll be honest with you guys. It's it's a really complicated draft. Basically, the NHL pulled in some safety features to make sure that, you know, a team like Pittsburgh or a team like uh, Toronto or any of those, like, higher-end teams that are – don't that if they lose in the first round, it's, they're not going to get the lottery pick. Yeah. So once we actually figure out how to explain it to you, <laughs> we will do so. Yeah, I mean, for right now, you know, it's just those last set, what is it, eight teams, seven teams? Seven teams that didn't make yeah. the, it's not 32 yet, we don't have Seattle yet. Yeah. Um, it's those seven teams that didn't make the cut. So that is the Red Wings, the Sabres, I don't have the list in front of me, but it's... The, uh, the Senators, the Sharks, the Kings. Uh, who else thinks? Why, why can't I'm I think forgetting, I'm forgetting. The Red Wings, did you say that already? I did, yeah, but they're bad. You can count them twice. Yeah, they're so bad. Why did I not have this up? All right, anyway. So oh, Anaheim and Jersey, I think that's everybody. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, the baddest of the bad and not in the good way, um, they're all going to be inserted into the draft lottery. Um, they'll be looking for – and, again, we're going to go over the draft picks. Nick did an incredible job. Nick Kuyper Jr. just did an incredible job on his draft analysis. So we'll have a whole episode for that once that gets closer. Um, but again, hockey, it's, I can smell it. It's close. We're getting there. So, you know, we wanted to take the first part of the episode to, you know, again, we always said we were going to keep you guys posted once we heard something. The first day we hear something, it's been three hours. Within hours. Within yeah. hours. Here we are. We're recording. So good on us to keep our promise. Um, so what we had originally planned was to continue to go through our Mount Rushmore's, our top, our best, uh, our best lineups for, you know, we're going in alphabetical order. So today, what I came up with, not what I came up with, what we came up with, were lineups for the Hurricanes, Blackhawks, Blue Jackets, Colorado Avalanche, and the Dallas Stars. Now, uh, I forgot to put the Avalanche before the Blue Jackets, so um, I'm gonna say we're because it's my turn to go first because we're very you know we go back and forth. So I'm gonna go Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, and Dallas, um, and then you'll go first for the Hawks and for the Abs. So I just want to say this one, the Blackhawks and Avalanche, like holy crap, legendary, <laughs> like. Legend, wait for it, Derry. Like, good lord, those teams are good. And Columbus is just, like, kind of funny because it's all guys who are basically on a team now. So, um, <laughs> all right, so, start. well, before I get into this, did you want to add anything new or anything more about what we just went over about the, the new developments in the National Hockey League? No, I, I think I'm all set on that. I will just add for anybody that hasn't listened to our last episode yet, uh, the way Eric and I have been doing these Mount Rushmore's, we've just been going through each team alphabetically, and we've been picking their top three forwards, their top two defensemen, and their top goaltender of all time, as well as throwing in some honorable mentions as kind of players that we, might, that we think might be able to join this list. Um, 
So when we're going through this, you might hear the fact that we have like three centermen as our forwards. That's okay. That's the way we're playing. It's our game. We make the rules. <laughs> and considering all the talent that we had on all these teams, I actually have a lot more honorable mentions than I did last week. So I'm just going to go through all of them. So we're going to start out with the Carolina Hurricanes. So to start out for my all-time Canes, I have you, – you got to start with their current coach, Rod the Bod Brindamore, the captain of their – as Nick's flexing in the, in the video uh, – the captain of their Stanley Cup team. And then I have a former captain. I think he was the captain. Eric Stahl. Of course he was the captain. Yeah, right? Like, I don't know why I couldn't think of Of course he was the captain. So I have Rod Brindamore, Eric Stahl, and the current captain, Jordan Stahl. And I went defense, Glenn Wesley, and Justin Falk with Cam Ward in net. My honorable mentions are Jeff Skinner, Buffalo Sabres great, Sean Hill, and David Ayers. <laughs> <laughs> And my, my my players to watch, and we'll do the players to watch are the guys, the guy or guys that we think are going to be on this team. We have Sebastian Ajo and Andre Svechnikov are my two honorable mentions. How could I not put David Ayers on that? I, 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 I'm mad at myself for not thinking of that. That was that was wow. Well, that who would like... their goalie be? Mrazek? <laughs> like it, it, it's, I mean, we. <laughs> We went over that ad nauseum on this podcast, the David Ayer story. So why not put the emergency backup goalie, the e-bug, on the list of the greatest Hurricanes of all time? The man got the W. David Ayers is my honorable mention. Go ahead. <laughs> Need me to give you all a second? Right, wow. No, I'm good now. Woo! I think this heat's getting me. Damn. <laughs> um... <laughs> Alright, I mean, that was a solid... I think we had you had two slam dunks the first two picks in your forward group with Rod the Bod and Eric Stahl. However, the fact that you didn't put Ron Francis with that forward group over Jordan Stahl makes me very disappointed. Well, you know. Because I didn't want to have okay. the same exact list. Like, of course those first two are going to be on there. And Jordan Stahl's good. <laughs> he's probably in your yeah, honorable mentions, I yeah, hope. He's, he's solid. <laughs> he's solid. Uh I mean, I agree with you completely on both the defenseman and the goaltender because, I mean, they're obviously a newer team in the NHL. They're not going to have the history that they had. My honorable mentions, though, I put uh, Sebastian Ajo, Andre Sveshnikov, the only two guys that I would put on the back end, and then Dougie Hamilton, who if he stays around the team long enough, will take the place of one of those two in terms of their all-time greatness. Um, <laughs> for goaltenders, I didn't even put anybody because I was just like, who There's the hell nobody else. had? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I feel like Cam Roy has just been there since the start of the Hurricanes franchise. He's the, that sure. guy's like the franchise. You know, you I always... mean, maybe Archer's Urbe, like <laughs> from way back in the day. I mean, if you really want to dig, like <laughs> Cam Ward, whenever you you always associate Cam Ward with the Hurricanes, so uh, that's why yeah. there's he's the slam dunk for the Hurricanes goalies. Yeah, David so, Ayer's close I... second. <laughs> you imagine if he gets signed like a PTO in the off season? Or like, if you guys make, a, what do you think is a playoff comeback? How wild would that be? <laughs> He's like, oh my god, Mrazek and <laughs> who's a backup? Rhymer? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> they both get hurt. We're called David Ayers. He's in his blue shorts. Yeah. He comes into the rink driving his Zamboni. Oh god, the place would go banana. Even though there's going to be nobody in there. Um, <laughs> all right. Go bananas. <laughs> all right. So the Carolina Hurricanes, not my favorite team, of course, but I feel like we got a pretty solid. Solid list out of it. So now it's your turn for one of the staple franchises of the NHL, one of the more successful franchises in the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks. Good on you. Yep. So as soon as I made this team, I jotted down two dudes right away in my forward group. Stan Makita and Bobby Hall, they're the two greatest Hawks all the time. Yep. I think they, I think they both have statues, not at least Bobby Hall. But, you know, they're just... A, they're just synonymous with Blackhawks history. And then um, I had a lot of people when I was researching tell me that Patty Kane wasn't on that list yet. But then I was like, no, he is. He is. 100%. Number one draft pick for the franchise. He's got a silver medal. He's got Conn Smythe. He's got multiple Stanley Cups. He should have an MVP. He might not, but I think it's I, probably one does. of those things where he could have easily gotten robbed in a couple of years. 
I mean, he's a franchise changer. Like him and Jonathan Tate has been a franchise changer, and he's been he's been huge for them in you know big playoff moments for them. And to me, it's like, yeah, he, he is on this roster. I don't care. He's an all time all timer. Shout out to him. Um, you know, for for my deep pair, I put Chris Chelios, who's just just the bruiser of all bruisers for in terms of physical defenseman. I think you can like the list of players who say he was the biggest pain to play against. Like the list is just pages pages long. And then I'm going to pronounce this guy's last name wrong. Forgive me, people who cheer for the Black Dogs. Pierre Poulot, who played way back in the day. Way back in the day. But he leads all their defense group and lead points all time. And he was one of those guys. He was a Bobby Orr type. He revolutionized defense when getting involved up in the play, setting the tempo from behind the net, um, love skating with the puck. And... To me, he's one of those—he's one of those all-timers that you never actually hear about until you actually know about Blackhawks history. But he's definitely up there. And then for my uh, starting goaltender was Tony Esposito. I know Glenn Hall was on that list for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. for me, Glenn Hall was on teams that had more support around him. Well, and I—and I'm—I'll just be honest—I'm a big Tony Esposito guy, even though he is whacked out. Like he's dudes on something. But he really is. He's crazy. <laughs> so for me. You know, the guys I put as my honorable mentions, I put Jonathan Taves. Um, and then I put for my superstar, or, and then I put from a defense, my honorable mention was actually Doug Wilson. Shout out to San Jose Sarks uh, defenseman. Nice. And then for my player to watch, um, the guy, probably the biggest rookie that I was surprised at this year with how good he played was Kirby Doc. Yeah, he was really good. I really enjoyed, like, that kid is. First of all, Kirby Doc, what a name, what a hockey name. And the kid, you know, came up, you know, in, you know, the year he was drafted and he's just, he's held his own and he's been quite good for the Chicago Blackhawks. So our forwards are exactly the same. There's no three other guys to really pick. By the time Patty Kane, it's all said and done. He'll probably, honestly, it's possible he could have the most points in Blackhawks history. He's the franchise. He's the guy. I know Taves is the captain, but... You could say, without a shadow of a doubt, that on those three cup teams, Patrick Kane was the best player on those teams. And he's yeah. and if you think for his like, if it wasn't for his immaturity, he probably would at least be an assistant captain. Yeah, it's just like he just couldn't keep himself off out of trouble off the ice. But yeah, he's, hey, look at him. you're gonna have dudes like that. <laughs> you you are. Um, our defense is completely different. So I had Doug Wilson, and I have. Duncan Keith. It might be a recency bias, but Duncan Keith, he's got a con Smythe as well. He anchored the blue line for them pretty much since he got there. Uh, he was a number one defenseman on all three cup teams. Um, assistant captain, you know, possible have it. I bet they'll retire his number when it's all said and done. Um, so I went with Duncan Keith as my second defenseman. And I also had Esposito in goal. Now, I had a lot of honorable mentions here. A lot of them. I had Danny Savard, Jonathan Taves, Chris Chelios, Jeremy Roenick, Brent Seabrook, Ed Belfour, and Corey Crawford. A lot of honorable mentions. And I had Alex DeBrinkett as the player to watch, just because I didn't think of Kirby Doc. Uh, Alex DeBrinkett certainly fell the fuck up. I mean... That's just, he, it's, it's just, he's a flat-out goal scorer. Yep. He was a flat-out goal scorer in juniors, um, and I can't believe he fell that late to the Blackhawks in his draft year. But, yeah, that guy's that going to be scoring a lot of goals if he keeps playing with Kane. Good good on you. I completely forgot Danny, about Danny Savard. I don't know why. I don't. I mean, you, don't, give me, don't give me too much summer. credit. Don't give me too much credit. He's just an honorable mention. But, I mean, he'd be on pretty much any other team's list, I would have to think. Yeah. Just, Look at the numbers. I mean, this guy's yeah. unbelievable. Um, the the Duck and Keith discussion is pretty fair, though. I mean, that dude's had so many hard miles on his body. Like, the fact they were asking to play, like, almost 35 minutes a night for some of those cup runs. <laughs> yeah, and, like, think about all the games that would go in those runs. How many double and triple overtime games did they play? Mm-hmm. Like, a ton. Yeah. And that guy was just always out there, didn't miss a shift, like... Scored Took huge. a puck off the face once, like yeah. spit his teeth out. <laughs> yeah, like the guy never missed a shift. Like the guy is a, a warrior. So, you know, I threw Duncan Keith on there. I mean, your arguments are 
also very good. Like, there's definitely a discussion. Yeah. But with I team, mean, there's, with the original six franchises, there's just it's, you're just always going to have this much depth for teams. Exactly. It's like what we talked about with like the Bruins last week. Like, it's just, yeah, it's it's like, not fair. It, it, it really <laughs> is. There's just so many, it, so much history. So, the Chicago Blackhawks, solid. Maybe the that's probably the best team we've done so far. It's either them or the Bruins. So yeah, okay. So now, because, uh, so now because I don't know the alphabet, um, I'm gonna do the Blue Jackets. Um, so my three forwards. Well, does Colorado go before Columbus? Yeah. Yeah, they could. C O L U is Columbus, but yeah, I like. I looked at the alphabet and I was like, oh crap! But whatever, I have the Blue Jackets <laughs> here, so you can do Colorado. Um, so the Columbus Blue Jackets. Wolf. That's how you describe this team. These are all guys that everybody's heard of. <laughs> um, my forward group. The greatest Blue Jacket of all time. I don't know what that says, but Rick Nash. Current captain, Nick Foligno. And even though because he was only there for two years... But back-to-back seasons that he was there, he set the franchise single-season points record. Artemi Panarin. My defensemen are Seth Jones and Fedor Chutin. My goaltender is none other than Big Bob himself, Sergei Bobrovsky. <laughs> My honorable mentions are, don't laugh, um, Brandon Dubinsky <laughs> and Cam Atkinson. And my player to watch is, of course, Zach Rowenski. You can honestly put Seth Jones on there also for the player to watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sucks, but this is just the facts. Like, the team's been around for 20 years. Yeah, so. and, they, and they've been bad for most of those years. Yeah. So, like, so, it's only I been mean, the past decade or so that they've been, you know, content. They've always been in the playoffs. I mean, they only have one playoff series win, but... What a win that was last year against Tampa. But, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of the guys, it's a lot of short stays, like short stints with them. Like think of the team last year at Panarin for two years. They made the deadline deals for Duchesne and who was it, the single, I think. Like those guys, they're, they're not around for too long. But I, you can't, I don't think you can have a list without Panarin on it considering his production in those two seasons. Yeah, you know, he's only been on the team for two years, but it feels so much longer than that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I was shocked when I saw that. I was like, it felt like four to me. Like, three or four at least. He, it, but he's, this is only, what, his fifth season in the league? He really hasn't been around that long. <laughs> like, like, I know, but he's almost crazy. 30 because he didn't get into the league until he was 24. Like, yeah, this, it's, it's a shame. It's that so they, wild. Like, it's, and now i got to watch him destroy the Islanders every time they play. All right, Blue Jackets, your team. All right, so, so for me, I had the same three forwards as you. My honorable mention was Cam Atkinson. He's been there forever. He's done. He's, I think he's probably one of the more underrated players. He's a really good penalty killer. He scores in the power play. Top six forward, obviously. But, that again, this has more to do with their lack of history more than anything else. Pretty much, On the back yeah. ends, I just said Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski. I just think those two guys, with the seasons they've already put together, um, you know, it's... You know, is Rowenski near where Seth Jones is right now? No, he's not. But to me, he's still a damn good defenseman. I think he's still a top pair defenseman on, I'd say, probably 80-85% of the teams in the league. And then, you know, my goaltender was obviously Sergei Bobrovsky because when Bob was there, Bob was good. Bobrovsky was one of those guys, I think he liked playing in a smaller market, especially after being in Philly. Went through the hell early in his career. Yeah, well, especially those fans down there. They're not exactly forgiving if you're not good right away so and yeah i mean think about it. he went from columbus to sunrise florida i mean it's not like he's not too many bright lights down there so and i mean he's i mean the vesna trophies i mean all stars you name it he did it uh you knew he was leaving last year which kind of you know kind of sucked for them but you know this he's he's it he's the goalie yeah and so for me, my, my honorable mentions, like I said, were Atkinson. I had Flitter Toon as my honorable mention. Um, and then for goaltending, I put Steve Mason. But Mason, people forget, when I called their trophy for Rookie of the Year, and he yeah. was the one that carried them into their first ever playoff matchup. Yours they got truly, swept. Yours truly forgot about his Calder yeah. trophy. So. Yeah. 
I mean, they got swept in that playoffs, but yeah, like for a team with no franchise, like they still had some good individual seasons. Yeah, and I mean, it's again, it's a young, young. Considering we just talked about the Blackhawks, it's a young franchise. So, you know, there's gonna and they have some great players on the team now, who you know, yeah. in 10, 15 years, if and when we do this again, you know, <laughs> you could say that they'll be on it. So, you know, it's you know, I wasn't surprised that we basically had the same team. So, but I'm glad, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. And my, and my player watched Pierre Luc Dubois. He's been in some Tortorella doghouse, but I think he's still going to have a really good career. Who isn't in the Tortorella doghouse? I mean, everybody is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to the incorrect alphabetically, the Colorado Avalanche. A lot, a lot, a lot to pick from. Why don't you, get, why don't you hit me with your lineup? All right. So for me, you know, I had three dudes, two forwards on the goalie, who I just jotted down immediately. Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg. I mean, you don't you don't get much better than that combination of players right there. You realize why that team was so dominant in the late 90s, early 2000s. Even, this holds true even today. You need two centermen to really carry your team. And hell, they had two great centermen that carried their team. Yeah, the great is putting it very lightly, I would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. And then my third forward I put for Milan Hayduk. Part of it was because of how long he was able to play for. And then also just like being, he's the perfect like side piece in terms of a winner. Or in terms of like what you want on a great line. He's a guy who will finish every chance that you give him. And he wasn't overly flashy, but he was never, like everyone says like, oh, he was a great teammate. You know, great in the room. It's always a huge quality. Great in the room. <laughs> That's what you want. Great in the room. Um, uh, and he just, and he, and he played a, he was willing to adopt any style that the team needed or any role that his team needed. So for that reason, I put him. And then for my defense, I put two just giant human beings in Rob Blake and Adam Foote. Jeez. Like, <laughs> just heavy dudes who just like, I'm almost amazed they were able to play in that high altitude just because of the way that they were just like so physically like a burden on other teams, just leaning on them all the time. Big, strong boys. Yeah, and then my goaltender. There's only one goaltender I thought of, and that was Patrick Wah. He's. I mean, depends on how you feel about Semyon Varlamov, but I mean, it's it's Wah, it's Wah, and that's it's everybody else. Yeah. And then for me, so my honorable mentions, I put uh, Alex Tange, and then obviously my young players to watch. I put two guys. I put um, Cal McCarr. And Nathan McKinnon, obviously. I think McKinnon will be on this list by the time his career is done. He'll replace Haydu. Yep. And I think Ricardo will probably replace probably Adam Foote. But I think they they got such a bright future ahead of them. I used to give Joe Sackick a lot of shit because of, you know, how poorly I thought this team was put together in the whole Riley situation, how that all ended out in the same situation. It just seemed like everything became such a spectacle in Colorado. You know, waiting out, being more patient than all the other GMs. Made the right moves, and now that team is built to be competitive for years. Yeah, and you know the way that he's handled the cap. I mean, and it also helps when you know your superstar forward is like, "Yeah, I'll take less. I like it here, and I want to win." Like that, that helps. So and that's all about, and that's all about culture. Exactly. Like, you need to have a winning culture for people to give that. So our forward group exactly the same. Sackick, Hey Duke, Forsberg. Thank you very much. Like three, just all time studs. You got there. Um, my defense group, we had one difference. I had Adam Foote. And this surprised me when I looked it up. The defenseman with the most points ever for the Colorado Avalanche is Tyson Barry. I didn't even know that. I looked it up. Quan you could have given me 10 guesses. I don't think I would have said Quan Hockey, shout out to them again for helping me with my research. 307 points in 484 games as a as a member of the Avalanche for Tyson Barry. Yeah. And I mean, it, I don't, I wouldn't say it's totally worked out in Toronto to say the least, but that's a guy who's going to get paid this off season because he can, that guy, he's good on both ends. He can run a power play. You know, he's got a good shot. You know, he's played in some big games with Colorado there. They've been in the playoffs the past few seasons. I mean, I I was shocked when I read that, and and that's no disrespect to Tyson Barry. Just with all the guys that they've had, I did not expect that. Yeah, um, I mean Barry was a late first round pick, I believe, middle or late first round pick. But, but 
Yeah, he was on some really bad teams. Yeah. Like I just talked about in the early 10 years of Sackick as a GM. So, I mean, he had a lot of responsibility on those teams, so that's probably why he put up a ton of points. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I remember watching him play sometimes, and I was like, man, this dude is mobile. This is a smooth skating He's defense. good. He is. He's one of those guys. He's just so underrated. Uh, only gonna, well, He's going to be 29, or he might be 29. Let me take a look. He'll be 29 in July. Um. Be 29 when the playoffs start. Yeah, 29 when the playoffs start. So, I mean, you could maybe see him squeak out one of those like five, six year deals from someone. But, you know, he's going to be looking to get that big ticket because this will probably be the last big one that he's going to get. So, Tyson Barry was on my blue line with Adam Foote. And, of course, the immortal Patrick Waugh uh, in between the pipes. Honorable mentions I had Alex Tangay, Gabe Landeskog. And I had to throw some love to Matthew Shane. I mean, again, on bad teams. But that guy produced. They might have been empty calories on those teams, but I mean, the guy, the guy produced, and it was a, sh- a crappy way that you know he left. But that guy was he was really good for them. So I threw Duchesne a bone, and my player to watch was of course uh, Nathan McKinnon. Um, I don't know what's in the water up in Nova Scotia, but I kind of want them to donate it specifically call harbor nova scotia the fact that him and sid are from the same home yeah i mean just the fact that him and sid lived in the same place and they're both you know probably two and three in the world depending on your rankings to be from the same town it's just stupid like i don't know how that's possible but but yeah nate mckinnon if you know and there's no reason to think he wouldn't do this but if he sticks with his word he takes less and stays with this team they have so much firepower with Landis Gog and, you know, with, uh, what's his name? My boy, Rantanen. You know, they, this team is stacked. Stacked. By the way, Carl Soderberg, 24th all-time Avalanche points. Um, and, you know, this was another one that was just so much talent. Super fun to look up. Um, Joe Sackick in his Avalanche career in 870 games played when they were the Avalanche, not when they were the Nordiques. <laughs> 870 games played, 1,015 points. Uh, That sounds like a stud to me. He was a plus 131. Good God. Peter Forsberg, plus 193. So, I think those guys did a little bit of winning in their time (laughs) in mile high. So, all right. The Colorado Avalanche, Dunzo. A lot of fun. We move on to... The Lone Star State, we have the Dallas Stars. Um, this one, you know, they're they're newer-ish to Dallas. I mean, they moved in, what, the 80s, so they're not that new. But, you know, there's still, you know, there's still some really great players to go over. So my line, I had – it. the team, it, like, your line starts with Mike Madonna, maybe the greatest American hockey player ever, if not top three – Mike Madano. I had current captain Jamie Benn. Great article in The Athletic about Jamie Benn, by the way. And then my third player, I had Jerry Lettinen, if I said that right. You did say that right. Good I for did? You. Wow. Shout out to me. Um, on defense... Probably, I, probably Yuri is first name, not Jerry. It's got to be Yuri, yeah. <laughs> screwed that up. Anyway, um, defenseman, I had Sergei Zubov. And I had Daryl Sidor. In net, I had Marty Turco. My honorable mentions were Tyler Sagan, Mike Ribeiro, and hate to say it, Brett Hull. Sorry. And my player to watch, John Klingberg. For a defenseman for them, he's already creeping up in the most amount of points. He is... Actually, third all-time in points for defensemen. He's behind Sidor. Sidor's at 334. Klingberg's at 291. The way that guy produces on the blue line, there's no reason for him not to end up on this list. But if he stays in Dallas when it's all said and done, I firmly believe that he will be there. Yeah, I believe he's got a contract coming up, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Because I don't know if Dallas is cap situation. It can't be great. Uh, let me take a look. Let me see if I can find his contract. Most recent Klingberg comparisons, Eric Carlson, Keith Yandel. Decent. Uh, let's get this. 
twice contract money. Signed his extension. I didn't even know that. He signed an extension? What? Yeah. John Klingberg. He's making 4.25 this year. I did not know that. that is... How old is this guy? He's 27. Yeah. From Goltenberg, Golten- Sweden. He's the younger brother of Carl Klingberg. Shout out Carl. Um, let's take a peek at his contract. All right, while I'm doing this, you can, I guess you might as well go over here. All right, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> let, me go, let me go through mine. So I agree with you. It has to be Mike McDonald as the number one guy. Uh, I mean, he's, when you think of the stars, you think of Mike McDonald. Like, that's just plain and simple. I also had Yuri Lightning. You know, a lot of people say, like, oh, plus minus, like, doesn't really matter. It's like an inflated stat. Yuri Lightning is one of the greatest defensive players of all time. He was, in his entire NHL career, a plus 176. That's stupid. That is crazy. (laughs) I never heard of that in my entire life, that you could be a plus 176 through across 14 years on the National Hockey League. (laughs) Just an an absurd number. Like, plus minus, I think, is so funny. Because you're like, wow, I think this guy's pretty good. And then it's like, oh, minus... 108 like for their career like well that's, yeah, that's and, and I, and I get the criticism behind plus minus like it doesn't necessarily take account in like your matchups your timer ice or like your uh whatever like your your decision making or turnover rates or whatever but like at the same time people talk about course all the time it's like i hate like i have problems with that stat too either way so people are gonna like, people like, are gonna like, pick and choose what stats they yeah. like and this this is this is why i'm not an analytics guy but you know, at the same time like yuri letting um, you know, watching him play, I feel like his course stats be phenomenal if he played today too. Because the guy was just—he was a definition of a two hundred foot player. Like he would, you know, he wasn't overly flashy as, as a winger, but you know what? He would bury the chances that when he was given them, and he was a shutdown guy in every sense of the word. And guess what? They won. That's what yeah. matters. They won with that guy. <laughs> That's what matters. Yeah. By the you way, know, every every team in the league would look at Theory Letnin and say, "Yes, he will make our top twelve Please. easily." By the way, Klingberg is a free agent um, after the 21-22 season. He has a cap hit of $4.25 million. He signed that. Wow, he's out playing that contract. He signed that before 16-17? Yeah. 16-17 season was the first year of that deal. He was 24. He'll be a UFA at 30. Cha-ching! John Klingberg. My other forward was Joe Newendike, Mr. Do-It-All. Like, he's one of those modern-day comparisons, like, not skill-wise, but, like, already how, like, could fight, could score, could pass, could play defense. Do it all. You know, it, Joey News is, is the guy. Just you know the, just guys you want on your team. The guys who yeah. do it all, come to work, do everything, and, you know. Great leader on top of everything else. Yep. And he's a great leader that understood his role, which is not, always not the case. And then Sergei Zubov was also my number one defenseman. Nice. I remember, like... That dude back in the day, like, just had a freaking cannon of a shot. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, he wouldn't always hit the net. <laughs> but, yeah, we got this. Uh, and then Darian Hatcher was my like defenseman. Just a big, huge tower of power. Mm-hmm. Like, physical, old school, wanted to get in your face, wanted to get the top players off their game. And those are your Played. guys. You always go for the, the big, oh, sturdy defensemen. Those I are mean, your guys. I mean, those, those types of defensemen are on their way out of the NHL. But, like, I mean... When I was a high school kid, I was six foot three a defenseman. So I mean, like I was like the Darren Hatcher of my hockey, just bigger than everybody else. So, and then obviously in goal, I had Marty Terko, who to me, like I, I remember Ed Belfour, but then like I don't remember who was in Marty Terko in between like Marty Terko and Ed Belfour and that in Dallas. But, like my entire life, like it was just such a steady position for the Dallas Stars that they never had to worry about because yep. Marty Turco was always just so solid. You knew who it was going to be. It was never a question. It was, oh, you, Turco yep. was going to be a net solid. Yep. So then, my honorable mentions to um, uh, Eddie Belfort in goal, obviously. I actually put Brendan Morrow in here because he was like the captain for forever and just like Again, he was one of those guys kind of like Newendike. Like, would could score a little bit, maybe not as much as Newendike, but, like, you know, put up some points, could fight, kill, kill penalties. Like, he was do 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 it all. He was a captain for a stretch of time in Dallas. Yeah, I actually forgot uh, to mention him in my honorable mentions. He's he's written down here. I just guess I didn't get yeah. to the second line. So he's definitely on there, too. Yeah, and then Guy Charbonneau is one of my other honorable mentions. Um, you know, 
really good player, just probably just not quite good enough, I think, to make this list. And then, and then um, my player to watch, like you said, was Tyler Sagan. But then I also put Lope Hintz, who I think had a huge breakout last year. And yeah. I'm kind of curious, and he had a solid year this year. So I think well, if he stays on a team, if he continues to develop, a little bit of a project when he first broke into the league, but he's got a ton of tools that you want for a hockey player. So I could see him, you know, a couple years down the line, getting a big payday from a team that just says, if he breaks out, or if a team just says, hey, you know what, long term, this guy's going to be really good. Yeah, and we, we spoke about him, you know, a couple episodes ago on our national teams. You know, that kid, he's he's a kid. Like, there's a lot to work with there, a lot of potential. And he he was great for them in the playoffs. He had a good season this year. So, Rupe Hintz, you know, I didn't even think of him to put him as a player to watch just because I was with Mr. Klingberg there on the defensive. But, um, all right. So, now this, I feel like these lists were a lot more fun. Sans the, you know, just picking today's Blue Jackets. Um, so, well, just wait till you get the Golden Knights. That'll be a ton of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, all right. So, I'm going to go through my lineups, and then you'll go through yours. For the Carolina Hurricanes, I had Rod Brindamore and the Stahl brothers, Eric and Jordan. Uh, Glenn Wesley and Justin Falk on defense. The franchise, Cam Ward and Nett. Honorable mentions were Jeff Skinner, Sean Hill, and David Ayers. Player to watch is players to watch are Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Svechnikov. For the Blackhawks, I had Bobby Hull, Stan Mikita, and Patrick Kane. I had Doug Wilson and Duncan Keith as my defensemen. In net, I had Tony Esposito. I had a boatload of honorable mentions. I had Denny Savard, Jonathan Taves, Chris Chelios, Jeremy Roenick, Brent Seabrook, Ed Belfour, Eddie the Eagle. And Corey Crawford, player to watch, is Alex the Cat DeBrinket. Blue Jackets was uh, Rick Nash, Artemi Panarin, and Captain Nick Foligno. Uh, Seth Jones and Fedor Tutin on defense. And Sergei Bobrovsky in net. Uh, my honorable mentions were Cam Atkinson and Brandon Dubinsky. My player to watch is Zach Wierenski. Colorado Avalanche was Joe Sackick. Milan Hayduke and Peter Forsberg with Adam Foote and Tyson Barry on defense. Patrick Waugh in between the pipes. Also could put for another, might could put him as bad coach, great player. Um, Alex Tangay, Gabe Landeskog, and Matthew Shane is my honorable mentions with Nathan McKinnon, of course, as your player to watch. Dallas Stars, we had Mike Medano, Jamie Benn, and Yuri Lettinen. Um, not Kari Lettinen. That guy might have stunk. Um, Sergei Zubov and Daryl Sador on my defense. Uh, Marty Turco and Nett, honorable mentions. Tyler Sagan, Brett Hull, Mike Ribeiro, Brendan Morrow. And my A1 Sports Network player to watch was John Klingberg. All right, pretty solid. So for studs, me, studs on these lists, Nicholas. <laughs> for me, the Carolina Hurricanes, I had Ron Francis, Eric Stahl, not Jordan. And Rod the Bod, Brendan Moore, with Glenn Wesley and Justin Falk on the back end, and Cam Ward in goal. Honorable mentions were Justin Williams, and my players to watch were Sebastian Ajo, Shreshnikov, and Dougie Hamilton. For Blackhawks, I had Stan Makita, Bobby Hall, Patrick Kane, with Pierre Pilo. I'm going to pronounce it. I can't, this pisses me off that I can't pronounce this. Can I hate it. French. You can do it. <laughs> Pierre Pilot. I think it's, um, it's fine. If, if someone, if someone who's a Blackhawks fan who listens to us, like, could tweet me, like, correct, correct pronunciation, I would appreciate that. That's fine. That's and then fine. Chris Chelios and then Tony Esposito. And you all, honorable mentions were Jonathan Taze, Doug Wilson, and my player to watch is Kirby Doc. For the Avs, I put Joe Sackett, Peter Forsberg, Milan Hadu, Rob Blake, Adam Foot, Patrick Waugh. Honorable mention Alex Tangay. Um, my player to watch is Cal McCarr and Nathan McKinnon. For Columbus, I put Nick Rick Nash, Nick Polino, Artemi Panarin, Seth Jones, Rowenski, and Bobrovsky. My players to watch, or my honorable mention was Ken Atkinson, with my player to watch being purely Dubois. And then for the Dallas Stars, I put Madonna, Yuri Lettinen, Joe Neuendijk, Zerge Zua, Darian Hatcher, and Marty Toko. My honorable mentions being Brendan Morrow, Guy Charbonneau, there it is. Our list for the Hurricanes, Hawks, Jackets, Avs, and Stars. Can't believe you didn't give David Ayers any love. 
How dare you? Uh, you know what? I, I'll take the L on that one. I failed yeah, on will. that one. Yeah, you will. So, th- I'm thinking, you know, considering the events of today, I'm thinking it's going to be like a 10-15 minute period of us saying the current events, the current state of the NHL on our episodes, and then going right back into the Mount Rushmore's until, you know, this rig in the NHL gets rolling and we get some games going because that's when we're thinking about going back to our original plan for the playoffs, doing maybe two episodes a week, breaking down all the games, breaking down all the series, who we can pick for our, you know, awards for the playoffs, things like that. Um, But yeah, this is a real thing, people. Hockey is on its way back. Yeah, like Eric said, you know, we'll obviously bring you guys some playoff breakdowns and stuff like that. Um, keep following along. As soon as news breaks, we'll try and break it to you guys. As long as news breaks on a Tuesday, we'll break it pretty immediately. Um, but otherwise, keep following along. Keep chiming in. Thank you for everybody who's been listening every week. And like we said, the light is at the end of the tunnel. We've got a lot more content coming for you. This is going to be a special time for us coming up with our first playoff run on the podcast. So just keep following along. Just keep us coming. And you know where you can find us. I got the list right here, and I'm going to rattle it off. Find us on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Google Podcasts. Well, Spotify. How about some Breaker? Maybe Overcast. Perhaps Pocket Cast or Radio Public. You can also find us on the homepage of the A1 Sports Network. That is A1SportsNetwork.com. Uh, follow them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at A1 Sports Network. Sending it to my boys. Actually, not on the mic. Is that you making that noise? No, I guess just keep following us along, guys. Um, I don't know what that noise was. I was a little nervous. But I just wanted to plug Moffat on the mic. They got New York Mets beat writer Tim Healy coming up on an episode. The guy that Mickey Calloway or Jason Vargas said they were going to punch last year. So they're probably going to talk about that. Um, keep following along with us. You know, keep following along with boys. You know, we're doing this for you guys. We want to keep you guys entertained and informed. Nick, before we put a bow on this one, what do you got? Nothing on my end, man. Just, it just, I feel like a weight is being lifted off my sunburned shoulders. That, <laughs> like, we're just, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, if you guys have anything that you'd like us to break down, specific matchups what we think the keys are going to be within each of these series now that we know what the first round series are going to look like you know let us know like I said we always try to be here for the fans we always want to make things interesting we always want to talk about things you guys want us want us to talk about exactly and I can't really add anything to that other than I'm Eric he's Nick and you know that we continue to be your top pair see y'all back with the 18 train on the track thought we were gone but you're wrong that was so weird